Welcome to the Simple Self-Care Podcast, your weekly nudge to take good care. I'm your host, Randy Kay. Life is full of ups and downs, highs and lows, triumphs and failures, blessings and curses. You get the idea. But it's true. And while it seems like everyone only likes to share their successes, today's guest is an exception to that, as well as an exceptional person. Allow me to introduce you to Jason Zook. Not only is he one of the most adventurous entrepreneurs I know, but he helps other budding entrepreneurs be just as bold and confident and successful as he is. Jason gives a really great introduction of himself and what he's up to in our conversation, so take a listen to that. But I'm really excited that Jason agreed to come on and share some of his wisdom with us. Now, that Zook name might sound familiar. I had his lovely wife, Caroline Zook, on the podcast last season to talk about the importance of a creative practice, and I highly recommend going back to that episode, episode 17 to be exact, to hear all of her wisdom. But Jason and Caroline are not only my friends, but they have also been my business gurus over the years. They work together with their joint business and brand, Wandering Aimfully, a membership community that I am a happy member of, by the way, designed to help independent creatives earn more so they can live more. And Jason and I do talk a lot about being an entrepreneur in this conversation, but it's amazing how creating a healthy business that you love is so similar to building a healthy life that you love. And there are so many good nuggets about the healing journey in general in our chat, so I know you'll get a lot out of it. Also, I would like to bring to light that Jason is my first official dude guest on the podcast. I had an unofficial dude guest, Joe, last season talking about saunas, but he's my first official dude guest. So that honor alone should tell you how much I value Jason and what he has to offer. All right. I'll let you find out for yourself now. Take a listen as we chat about enjoying the long game of reaching your goals, making personal growth a curious experiment, turning obstacles into opportunities, defining what success looks like for you, investing in your long-term health, and so much more. I started out like many people with getting college beating all of the dreams out of me completely (laughs) and then taking a soul sucking nine to five job. That was awful. Um, it truthfully, my job was not awful. I worked at a men's, uh, sports agency for the, uh, men's professional tennis, which is called the ATP. Most people know like NFL, NBA, MLB, but no one really knows the governing body behind tennis because it's just not promoted very much. Um, it was a great job. I had a great boss. I had a pretty flexible schedule, um, but it was just like this full beige existence that I operated in there. Like literally everything was beige, beige walls, beige desk monitor, beige chair, beige carpet, beige. It was just like everything was beige. And it was a really interesting visual metaphor for my life at the time. And uh, just randomly this like 
dot of purple got dropped in my life. And it was Seth Godin's book, The Purple Cow. And I have no idea how this book got, I think literally someone that we worked with was like, Jason, you're weird. You should read this book. And I was like, okay, um, I'll take it. Am I the first person to ever read this book? Okay, I'll take it. Um, and I, I read the book and it was amazing. It was just like, you know, you can be different, you can be unique, you can stand out, you can be this purple cow in a sea of black and white cows. But I didn't do anything for three and a half years. I just stayed at that job because it was secure and it was flexible. So kind of quickly ratcheting up the timeline, I left that job after deciding I could do it no longer. I couldn't live in the beige existence. I started a small design company with a friend of mine. And we did that for a year and a half, starting with zero clients, didn't know anybody, just through friends and family, got our first couple gigs. And then we ended up building up a company to a quarter million dollar a year design business, which was great. And towards the end of my time doing that, I came up with this idea for I Wear Your Shirt when all of our clients who we were doing design work for kept asking me as kind of the client services person, what's going on with social media? Like what's Twitter? What's Facebook? What, pre what are people doing with YouTube? I had no clue. I just was like, oh, this is these people keep asking me. This is interesting. Um, and I looked into them and I was like, wow, this is kind of where a lot of people are hanging out, but there's not anybody like telling brands stories there yet. And it's hilarious to think about now in 2018, as I was recording this, like, influencers who like constantly like talk about brands it's so synonymous with just what we know about social media but in 2007 2008 it didn't exist um so i just i saw an opportunity to do that so i created this i wear your shirt business i wore a different t-shirt every single year i had this crazy pricing calendar where i sold things starting at one dollar on the first day two dollars on the second three dollars on the third because i knew no one would pay this nobody who was me from florida who's still a nobody who now is just in california that's the only thing that's really changed <laughs> And why, you know, that pricing structure kind of like got people to go, okay, sure, I'll pay this idiot $8. Um, but every single day, I filmed a YouTube video, I hosted a live video show, I talked about these different brands. And I did that for five years. And I scaled the company up from just myself to five people, which is crazy to think about. Um, but I ended that journey after making $1.2 million in revenue and working with 1600 brands, being completely burnt out, overweight, uh, $100,000 in debt, and just really feeling like I was a failure. And that kind of led me to just not knowing what to do. So from like 2013 to 2015-ish, I just felt lost, like didn't know what I was doing, did a lot of public speaking at the time, but kind of felt like a fraud the entire time because I had this business that kind of turned downward, if you will. Um, and yeah, I wrote a book in that time and then started a couple different various online courses and software companies and then kind of got my footing doing this weird buy my future idea where in 2015 I sold my future and pretty much anything that I had people could buy into. And that was really interesting because that was like the first kind of big crazy idea since my t-shirt business and I sold my last name in there, which was also bizarre. Um, and we're just up to 2015. Like there's <laughs> so many ridiculous things that I've done, but that... <laughs> That journey from Buy My Future in 2015 is kind of what created the clarity to get to where we are today, where it went from Buy My Future to Buy Our Future with my lovely wife, Caroline, who we combined all of the things that we had into one uh, kind of community and offering. And now we have turned that into Wandering Aimfully. And we shut down kind of my personal site, which was jasondoesstuff.com, and her personal site, which was Made Vibrant, and merged them together into this one entity that has the community behind it, which is still kind of this built-in group of people. Um, and yeah, we just really try and help independent creative people reach their goals and dreams, build a life of intention. And I think we try and help people do too much because we're kind of on this journey now of ourselves of trying to kind of hone in on something we can really accomplish. But we do look at it as a journey and, and that wandering aimfully is very apropos to exactly where we are. So 
that's a lot of stuff kind of packed in there, but <laughs> no, I I've love done it. a lot of stuff. Yeah. I love it. And I love that you gave that detail because one of the reasons that I follow you and, um, and care for you is because your, your business path is also like a result of your personal path. Like for you and Caroline, like when I met you guys, well, your last, I think your last name was Surfer App. Yep. Um, <laughs> and yep. you had your first book and then Caroline, I mean, Caroline was really just coming into her own, like just, you know, softly talking about what she did, like it was no mm-hmm. big deal and just kind of really starting to embrace that authority that she is now. And um, I've really seen you guys from the sidelines, you know, embrace some personal changes that have helped you be able to have the capacity to do all of these bigger changes. And that's been really neat. So I think it'd be cool to dig into some of that. Sure. What was happening on the personal level that allowed you to take some of these big risks? Because that, I mean, going back to the first one in your beige life, like what was it that um, really gave you that push to that that wasn't working for you anymore yeah it's interesting because if you think back like I said like I read Seth Godin's book and then three and a half years later it took me to do something with that Mm -hmm. and I think for a lot of people that's a very relatable part of the journey is they may even be on that part of that journey now where it's like well I don't know what my thing is I don't know what I'm good at I don't know what I could do to replace this nine-to-five job and this quote-unquote secure paycheck that I have or at least reliable paycheck that they have and for me it really just took three and a half years of thinking about leaving and doing my own thing and like how could I do this what could I do and the kind of the the catalyst was that I just got so fed up. Like I just got so tired of the corporate ladder talk and endless meetings upon meetings upon meetings and just realizing that the huge thing for me was I could work a hundred hours a week or I could work 40 hours a week and guess how much I was going to get paid? The exact same amount. And that's not necessarily to say that if you work more hours, you're going to make more money. But I just started thinking more about like, what if I was working for myself, I have the capacity to do more to experience more, as opposed to just being like locked into this, I'm only doing graphic design. Um, At the time, I was like, constantly photoshopping tennis players and their hair. And male (laughs) tennis players tend to have a lot of hair. And it just was really driving me insane. So I think I just got like one too many photoshopping of tennis players hairs that I just like had to quit. Uh, mm, but so yeah, that's the secret then. That's, that's the secret. You just have to Photoshop either it's cellophane off of like gift packages, which I did as an internship when I was in college or tennis players hair. Uh, okay. But yeah, I think I just, I got to a point where I was just fed up enough. And for me, that took three and a half years, you know, and some people that takes two months, some people that takes 20 years. Um, and I think that's all just a personal journey that you have to go on. And then you realize, oh, there is an opportunity for me out here. And and that for me became working with a friend of mine who was in a similar situation and going, Hey, do you hate your job? And he was like, yeah. I was like, I hate my job, but we're both talented. Like, could we take these skills out on our own? And, and we did that not in the, like walked in one day, turned on the boot box, boom box and just quit, you know? And just like, (laughs) I I picture myself like moonwalking out of the office. I mean, like, but also I'll be back tomorrow. Cause like, I'm just putting in my two weeks. Like I'm not leaving forever. Um, But we built up this like this plan to have six months of working part-time on this design business to see if it would work. So it wasn't just like an all or nothing quit 
the beige existence and go to the world, wonderful world of entrepreneurship, it was, let's kind of dip our toes in the water and see how this goes. And it, you know, it was slow and we didn't have a lot of time to spend on it, but it did end up working out for us. And, and actually, I think I quit within four months, not in six months, but I, we had this plan of let's build up our income to replace our nine to five income and then we can kind of move on our own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's actually along the lines of a note I have, like on something I wanted to mention is how to be okay with the long game because oh yeah, I feel like that is a huge key to your personal and business success, but it's also like really forgotten about, I think, in our culture today. It's like you can do anything you want and live your dreams and have it right now or in 30 days have this, you know, and it's just like it's really not realistic. And the most successful people I talked to didn't get where they are that way, you know? So can you speak more about how to be okay with the long game and kind of use that to your benefit? Yeah. You know, it's funny. I actually haven't read Seth Godin's other book, The Dip. And The Dip definitely talks a lot about this, but I've experienced this. And this is where like you're super excited at the beginning and you can see a path to a finish line or some type of success point, but there's all this middle ground in between that can last as long as six months or six years or 30 years. And if you really enjoy what you're doing, and this is where the cliche of like you enjoy the the journey, not just getting to the destination or whatever it is. Um, but if you actually enjoy the work that you're doing, you're okay with staying in the middle part of it for as much as you can actually like make money and live and be happy and all those things. And I think for me, what I realized was I just loved working on my own ideas with myself as a boss, being able to literally do whatever I want. And I think that so much of where people get stuck and they won't even get to the middle of a lot of these different places is that they just think that there are all these made up rules that they have to follow. And I just, I have just always been a rule breaker, not even like a troubled kid. Like I was not always the kid who's in trouble. I just questioned everything. Like someone would tell me that I had to do something a certain way. And I would go, why? And I think I was just that kid that was sounding like a parrot. I was like, why, why, why? Um, <laughs> but, but even now, like Caroline and I do that with a lot of things where we'll just have these assumptions. And I've just always been the type of person that tests the assumptions to the max and just tries to figure out, hey, I have this idea or I want to do this thing. Someone might think it's not going to work, but I, well, why? Do you have the data to back that up? And even if you do, I'm my own unique person. I have my own unique experiences. So I think to answer your question of like, how do you stick with it through the long term, especially how do you stick with it through the down points? Like in 2013, it probably would have been easier for me once I shut down Iria Shirt and had all this debt just to get a job as like a marketing director somewhere. I could have probably easily gotten that job just with my experience and my history and like the notoriety that Iria Shirt had created for me. But I didn't want to give up. And it's because I knew that one of the things I valued the most was the control of my day, the flexibility of the choices to literally create whatever I wanted. And I didn't want to go and be back in a corporate ladder, career, beige existence, even if it was a really cool beige office, like it was just like the new cool beige with ping pong tables and whatnot. (laughs) I knew that that wouldn't bring me satisfaction and wouldn't make me happy. So, you know, I think that a lot of the struggle that the majority of us go through as entrepreneurs, if we really enjoy the other part of it so much more, then the struggle becomes, yeah, it's, it's pain and it's painful and it's not fun, but the rest of it outweighs that. So you can kind of get through those down periods or through those tough times and know, hey, uh, this is not the end of the world. And this is not my last idea. And that, that was really big for me when I reassured shut down and I, I kind of like was just lost for two years. 
I was like, this is not going to be my last idea. I'm going to come up with something. But the problem is I have to like do things to see if anything is going to work out. Um, and that's why the Jason Does Stuff kind of moniker came to me was like, I'm just going to keep doing stuff. And then people like you and other people out there, you really resonate with someone who's just not willing to give up or to like not chase these crazy ideas. And that for me became like a guiding principle. It was like, okay, well, I'm just going to keep doing things. And they're either going to work or they're not. But at least people will know me for that and they'll appreciate that. Um, and I just enjoyed kind of going down that path. Yeah. Do you, have you found that that way of being that you've developed in your career has applied to help you heal some personal stuff? Like you guys talk a lot about your debt journey or your health journey. Can you speak to that a little bit more? Yeah, I think, well, the the debt thing is just kind of crazy because like we all deal with debt, like literally almost, especially Americans, like almost every single American has some amount of debt. And the statistics are like 85% of America has $15,000 of debt, which is staggering when you think about it. And and I think for me, like I, my brain is so practical. So I definitely have this like small emotional voice, but I have this like really big practical voice. And the really big practical voice is great when it comes to things like debt, where it it had me beaten down. And when I wasn't then making consistent money, and I had this big number hanging over my head. I mean, Carol and I literally had a conversation. And it was like, hey, what if we stopped looking at this debt as this like crushing weight that's on us and instead flipped it and said, let's look at it as a game. Like it's just made up money is completely made up in our society. We didn't get into this debt overnight. We're not going to get out of it overnight. So let's just shift how we think about this. And let's now do everything in our power to beat this game. And I think for me, that's kind of been the, the principle that I've taken and the outlook I've tried to have on any of these tough things, um, even like being 50 pounds overweight. I mean, when I looked, when I, I couldn't tell when I first started kind of gaining um, my footing on getting back in shape, I'll say. So when I took the first photos, so I did this 90 day challenge, which was kind of how I like kicked myself back into shape when I turned 30. And it was that I knew I was out of shape, but I didn't know how out of shape I was until I got back into shape. <laughs> when I could look back at the before pictures and go, wow, like I, I just didn't, like you, you establish this new normal. So many people talk about that, but you just come to realize like, oh, this is what I look like. I see myself every day. Like I know I'm a little bit out of shape, but I was a college athlete. Like I was always in decent shape, not great shape, but decent shape. I was never out of shape. And and there really was when I, I got to that kind of, I think for me, a lot of this stems from whether it's on debt or whether it's in shape or any of these things. It's like, you almost have to get to the worst part of it, or you have to get so deep into it that you then realize I never want to get back to that point again. And that that's different for everybody. It's kind of like the same thing of leaving a nine to five job. Like for some people, it's three and a half years, like it was for me. Some people, it's 30 years. But you don't know how far you have to be in something until you realize like, oh, that's my line. And, and so I think, you know, for the health stuff for me, I didn't know how bad it was until I got to that point, made a decision to change it, and then started doing the work that it takes to turn that around. And then realizing holy crap, in 90 days, I literally changed my entire health and my physical fitness and the way that I looked, which made me feel so much better about myself, my self-esteem. And I think the same thing can be said for business. The same thing can be said for relationships is that we can repair this stuff so much quicker, but it's not overnight, but it's still a lot less time than we actually think it's going to take. Mm -hmm. When you like after that first 90 days or when you work through that first hurdle, what would you say is your key to making that a sustainable change? 
like remembering how bad it was, you know, it's, it's tough. It, seriously, even with the health stuff, it's still a, it's still a, a slog, like all the time to like have a balance of things. And I think Caroline and I, honestly, one of the best things we ever did was becoming plant-based eaters two years ago, because you don't realize how bad you feel eating meat specifically, but also like lots of processed foods and lots of very buttery foods and fried foods. You don't realize how bad you feel until you stop eating that stuff on a consistent basis. And for me, like, I can't remember. I mean, I can remember the last time I felt really bad after a meal because it's because I went and had something like a bunch of cheese, which we never eat at home. And I'll feel awful. I mean, I'll just feel terrible. And I think like, I probably felt like that all the time before. Uh, and I, I do remember when I finished the 90 day challenge. And so I lost 44 pounds in 90 days. Um, I lost, I think it was like 15% body fat or something like, and it's funny, if anybody is just really curious, you can just Google Jason Sadler workout or even just Jason Sadler, which is my previous last name, you will find the before and after photos because they've been shared quite a lot as most 90 day challenge photos are. And I don't look like I do at the end of that anymore, because I it was very drastic on like how much work I did to, to like finish that out. But the sustainable thing that you mentioned and you asked about is just something that I think is a constant battle. But I also shifted my mindset from what it was during the 9 challenge, which was how quickly can I fix this to how can I just make this a long term stable change? And what does that take? What does that look like? And that's just taken honestly, wonderfully through a lot of diets through a lot of different ways of eating a lot of different ways of thinking about food um, and then also trying to disconnect a lot of the, like the societal connections that we have towards food like every time something good happens not going and like celebrating with some type of bad food and it's weird how wired we are to do that or like go and have a drink right it's like oh let's go celebrate like something good happened let's go get like drunk and you're like oh great like i just poisoned my body essentially because something good happened that's a weird societal thing that we've kind of bought into and so i think just breaking some of those habits has taken a long time and it's just been consistent effort to go i want to feel better i want to look better but i'm not going to like kill myself to do that and that just takes constant thinking and trying to like focus on that stuff yeah, one thing that you guys do that really inspires me and that I I try to apply to how I help people with self-care and things is that constant curiosity and like treating everything as an experiment. Like this isn't like how it has to be your entire life, which I think people like keeps people from even starting. It's like mm-hmm. we're just going to do this for a short amount of time or a specific amount of time and then see what happens and like yeah. taking that weight away from it that like if you mess up you know now you're screwed or you're a failure or all these things it's just like we're just doing it we're just trying it out and and seeing what happens and taking what we learn and going from there and what works for you or me doesn't work for everybody else and so we got caught up in especially like food and fitness related the bulletproof diet craze like when that mm. like started taking off Here's the hilarious part about that. I we both did it for 30 days because we love experimenting, like you said. I lost 15 pounds while doing it. So this is like butter and the coffee and all this silly stuff. Mm-hmm. Caroline gained like eight pounds. <laughs> she was <laughs> furious. And, and what you find is that these things, like we have all this coding and DNA inside of our bodies that makes us all so unique and all so different, but it also makes us all adapt to these different changes in such unique ways. So you can't just copy and paste the success of one thing that works for somebody onto yourself. You have to, like you said, try it. You have to experiment. You have to really put in the work to go, is this right for me? 
is this the thing that I want to be doing? And you just have to also believe that if this thing doesn't work, there's another option. Like you said, like so many people don't get started because they see like, oh, I'm going to do this and then I'm never going to be able to do anything again. Mm-hmm. And I think like that line of thinking in anything in your life, whether it's business or health or relationships or anything, it's just not true. But our human brains, unfortunately, get really stuck in these like, the rest of my life will be defined by this short period of time. It's because we just can't really step back and think about that too much. But I think you're right. I think one of the best things that you can also do in this is just experiment and be really analytical about it. Like go 30 day experiments with different diets or, or working on different businesses or different hobbies that you're interested in. And then just reflect on those and go, how did that make me feel? Did I like that? Was that fun? Was that uh, enjoyable? If I hated it, then great. I can scratch it off the list and never do that thing again. What do you feel like helps you pick yourself up after an experiment doesn't necessarily go how you wanted it to. Cause you're very transparent and vulnerable with sharing your experiences, which is great for all of us. <laughs> and, um, and it, and it, it's helpful, even though it's probably not the most fun thing to share. So, so yeah. Can you speak on when things don't necessarily go according to plan? How, how do you still find that motivation and that energy to keep going and and try something else? Yeah, I think the best example for this is the one that's most top of mind for me right now, which is we've got this Wandering Aimfully membership. And our intention was, we would open up 30 spots for these monthly memberships for people to join every month. So we would kind of get this 30 new customers every month so we could control the growth so the community wouldn't outgrow itself. It wouldn't feel overwhelming. And we would just consistently grow by 30 a month. Well, that's $3,000 recurring revenue a month. And so, you know, we didn't see it as clearly as making $3,000 every single month, but we saw it as like, oh, it might be close or it might be a little bit lower. Well, in the third month, we actually lost money. So not only did we not go up by 30 new members, we actually went down by two members. And you know, I'm writing a public journal about this called our journey to 330 because our 330 numbers are enough number and I'm doing air quotes. Um, But our enough number is we don't need to keep getting customers for the sake of continuing to grow for no reason. Like we want to hit a peak and then be good with that so that we're not constantly chasing growth. But having this third month and having it go down, it threw me for a loop. It really did. And it, it just, it made me feel all of the things that we all feel when things don't go right, which is like, I'm a failure this idea is bad. No one actually likes what we're doing. Uh, Should I scrap everything and start over? Do I need to go back to just wearing t-shirts for a living? Like, I don't know what to do with my life. Um, And then you start to realize, you know, especially when you have as much experience as we have, Caroline and myself, doing these things over and over again is like, okay, hold on, pump the brakes. Like, those are the immediate feelings we're going to have because, again, human brains are wired for this stuff. And instead we go, okay, well, what can we learn from this? What's, What's the actual data telling us both in the okay customers are canceling our membership well why are they canceling all right none of them are saying anything about us so we don't need to feel bad that we're not good enough so our self-worth doesn't have to be affected by that but what they are saying is they're feeling overwhelmed they're feeling like there's too much stuff they're feeling like there's no clear direction oh that's interesting we actually thought about that early on when we first started this but we didn't have the time or bandwidth to like laser focus in what we were doing so we just had to be a bit more general And now we go, oh, this is an interesting learning opportunity. So yes, things went down, but much like hitting the wall of $100,000 in debt, which was my line in the sand to then have us pay that off in 15 months, much like getting so out of shape that I realized by age 30, like, hey, I have to do something about this. I'm never going to be back to 265 pounds or close to it in my life because 
that was my line to me. And this is kind of a funny, weird line in our memberships is like, I don't number one, ever want to have a down month again, but I also want to get so focused that when people see what we're doing, they go, I'm not overwhelmed by this. I feel like there's something I can do that's very clear. And these people really care and they, they want me to succeed. And so I think this can be as much as, as it's a, a pain in the ass to be in this, this mode where like I want everything to be successful and we have a track record of success with other projects. It's part of the journey. And part of our journey is sharing the fact that things aren't going to be perfect. And that we've had so many people email us now that are like, thank you so much for sharing you had a down month. I also have down months. And we're like, mm-hmm. yeah, we know. We've also had down months before too. We just weren't publicly writing about building our business. So it wasn't something that we openly had to share. But I think it does attract the right people when you are being vulnerable, when you are being relatable and open about that stuff. And that's not a tactic. It's just being who we are and where we are in our journey. Yeah, I think something that's really valuable about that is just getting clear on what the intention of your goals are. And I feel like it's like, okay, these are just facts that we're dealing with. And I think as much as I love emotion, and I think that's very important, what I like about how you delivered that was you felt the feels first and you allowed yourself to feel the feels and you went there. And then you were able to be like, okay, now that that's out of the way, or now that we're like mellowed out a little, let's just look at the facts. And it's not personal and it's not a failure or whatever. It's just like, this is what's so, and I read your post about it this past month and you said a line in there that I really loved. And it was like, what if we didn't have a drop in numbers, maybe we wouldn't be learning something that's going to be the most valuable nugget or something to that extent, you know? And I think Mm -hmm. that's something that we forget when things don't go how we want is like, what if that is actually the, the gateway to what we're trying to accomplish? Yeah. And, you know, I read in 2013, I think it was Ryan Holiday's The Obstacle is the Way. Mm -hmm. And it was crucial for me at that time, because I was so in the moment. And unfortunately, like, I wish I could recall the memories that I had about I wear your shirt shutting down and doing that because I, that was such a low place for me because my self-worth was so tied to that business because the business was me. Like that's all it was. And I remember reading that book and it giving me the permission to go, hold on a second. Like th- this is just an obstacle in my journey. And by having this happen, it's going to make me stronger. It's going to make me better. It's going to make me more creative. It's going to you know force me to come up with other ideas because I'm an idea person and I, I like being that it doesn't make it any easier to get through it, but it is at least that practical lens that that you're kind of alluding to that I I think about. And so we have a phrase in our house now that's opportunities, not obstacles. So certainly things are going to happen. They're going to suck. It's not going to be fun, but it is an opportunity to go, okay, now we've felt this because we're human and some of us are more human than others. Like Caroline is more human than me. I'm more robot than I am human. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do feel some things. And for a little while, I let them, um, well, I try not to let them, but they take over. (laughs) And then, and then it's, it's just like we've been talking about, then you go, okay, now what can I do about this? Because I'm not just going to let this situation control my life. I'm not going to let this thing that went bad derail me completely. Um, You know, how can I fix it? And listen, I totally realize like, having a slightly down month in business is very different from having chronic illness or from, you know, being an oppressed person or from being, you know, having much more difficult circumstances. But I do think that in everyone's journey, it's of, it's of their own 
kind of like self prophecy to go, but how can I get myself out of this? Because if I just put the power into other people's hands or into my customers' hands or into whoever, then I'm, I'm going to be powerless forever. And I think that that for me was like that first step out of the nine to five world to go, I want to control my, my work destiny, if I, if you will. Um, and I think for so many of us, it's like, even the, like the emotional stuff, like if you're the person who gets stuck in the emotions after things go wrong and you can't get to the practical side, it's like, how can you take charge of that in some way? Or how can you remove that in some way? And easier said than done, no doubt. But I think those are the people that truly succeed, that are truly happy, are the ones that can figure out how to navigate through that. And, and that may take help. That may take therapy. That may take having a really good friend you can confide in. It may have a significant other that you can really be supported by. And those are the things you have to figure out for yourself of how to kind of get through those. Yeah. What I love about wandering aimfully, because I am a member. Um, yes, you are. <laughs> uh, is that with a lot of business advice, it's so focused on like numbers and strategies and da da da. And, and you guys really approach it from of how are you living your life kind of a thing. And you, and with your new podcast that I love and it's hilarious a lot of the time. And, um, is that you're, you're willing to go into like, how is my work life and my personal life, um, influencing each other? Because even though, you know, you're, your business goals and stuff and and working through that is different than working through a chronic illness. Your business life could be creating your chronic illness, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and what I've seen with my clients over the years is that a lot of times it, it does Mm -hmm. (laughs) what you spend most of your time doing the stress levels that it, it, it affects people have so many mysterious illnesses that doctors can't figure out. And yet they're not looking at how they're living their life and how they're, you know, even building their business. And I see it even more with the more entrepreneurs that I meet too. It's just so the burnout and the stress and the self-doubt and all of that is just so real. And so I appreciate that you guys, you go there and you teach not only business tools, but life tools that can get, that can help you cope with how hard it is to run a business and all that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's going to be really the cornerstone of we're working on this new kind of six month academy or school or plan or some type of thing that we're going to figure out the name of it. We're still in the working phases. We're <laughs> workshopping in here. But the goal is to have it be a six month plan to success. And you define what that success means. But that's the intention with that is not to be like a $100,000 launch of a product or something crazy like that. The the goal that we want for that is exactly what you just alluded to, which is to avoid burnout, avoid overwhelm, to have a manageable journey in the next six months of your business in whatever area you are, and to go, I can achieve this. This feels doable. This doesn't feel like some unachievable thing that I'm going for that is going to make me have to work 100 hours a week and like just kill myself to do it. And, and what's it all for? Like Caroline and I say that all the time. What is it all for to burn yourself out completely, to be completely overwhelmed and stressed for your business to make a certain amount of money? And then all you are is just sick and, and maybe you even hate the business. Um, and that's really something that we want to try and build a, a system and a process for. And it's, it's, it's kind of like you said, where we touch a lot on the other life stuff too. Like one of the things that we really want to encourage people to do before they start working on like their next online course, their program, their design company, any of these things, it's like, are your financial ducks in a row? 
Like, are you a person who budgets? Are you a person who understands how profit and loss work? Because if you're not, and so many entrepreneurs aren't, and I wasn't 100% admit to this, that's how I got into $100,000 in debt. Guess what? When you start making decent money, it's going to go away very quickly because you don't have good habits. And because we don't have good financial habits as entrepreneurs, it leads you to all these terrible places and you start making choices based on money and growth as opposed to your values and what really matters to you and what you stand for. And those are things that we're really hoping kind of like with the future of Wandering Aimfully. And some people just get it. Some people already know that stuff and they can just skip right over that first part of this. But we do want to have that life stuff built in because it does matter so much and it does really dictate how you end up feeling in the long term of running your business. Yeah, actually, I think I've used, I've utilized, well, I joined known as Buy Our Future and I've utilized a lot of it just in practical ways. But honestly, it's not till like right now because my own entrepreneurial journey, like just being a massage therapist and, and taking clients, like that was kind of like my job. And I haven't really embarked on these bigger things that I'm up to, like the podcast or online courses um, until very recently. But the reason why I even wanted to join a few years back was, was the lifestyle stuff. Like it was like, that's where I was at. I wanted to build some of those foundational pieces. And I don't think I consciously even knew I was, I was doing that till right now when we're talking about it, <laughs> but mm-hmm. it was like, that's the cool thing about it. Um, my journey with you guys even is just being able to, to have a better sense of who you need to be, to be successful. And then now that I'm, that I'm more ready, it's like, okay, here we go. And I get to dig into all your other stuff, but, um, wandering gamefully commercial aside, sponsored (laughs) podcast, but (laughs) I really believe in what you guys are doing. Um, but back to the, the principle of it is really prioritizing, um, your, yourself first, so you can move forward with these things and you can um, be successful in whatever it is you're trying to do, not just entrepreneurship, but any of these big goals and big dreams that you have, um, being willing to put in the work behind it first and not giving into that flashy, shiny result. Yeah. And I think also not defining success based on external metrics that you really don't have control over or that you just think you should be defining success on. Like that's all I was doing when I first got started was like, oh, I need to make more money. I need more employees. I need all of these like external things that I don't really need, but I think I need them to feel good. And I, I just feel that so many folks, whether you're working a nine to five job or working for yourself is when you don't actually define what success means to you on your terms, like literally what it means for your life. Um, and, and super quick story. I got invited to this like little mastermind thing a couple of years ago and it was super well-known entrepreneur dudes. And we were all sitting around this table and I, I didn't, I mean, I knew them from the internet, but I didn't know them as friends. And they were like, Oh, we're going to do this exercise. We go around, we talk about like, you know, where we want to like get to and what our big goals are. And it was like one person after I was like, I want to add another zero to my revenue. I want like 10 more employees. Like no joke. Like that's what they were saying. And it got to me. And it was like, I had just gotten to this point with Caroline where we had started by our future. We were feeling really good. And I was in that moment, I just thought to myself, I was like, wow, compared to all these guys, like, I've kind of made it like I'm where I want to be. That doesn't mean I have like gobs of money, but I love my daily schedule. I don't need employees. I actually don't need to make any more money than we're making right now. Like sure, more money would be nice, but I don't need to make any more money. 
And that's because we clearly defined what we needed for the life we wanted, not for a life that someone tells you that you want or for a life that you feel like would be good to have because you see it on someone's Instagram account or whatever. And it was just a really interesting pivotal moment for me where I just, you know, kind of had this thing where I was like, wow, cannot let success be defined by all this other stuff. It has to come from in. and me that now, like the 2008 version of myself would be like, oh, you're such a hippie. Like you can't, you can't actually do that. That's not going to matter. You just need more money. And I think about that now and it's like more money, more problems, hundred percent, because mm-hmm. it takes so much to make more money. It takes so much effort. It takes so much time. It takes human resources to do it. And those things just, it makes you feel completely different about your business, about yourself, about everything else, instead of defining what you actually want for your life. And then knowing, okay, you know what, if I only need $100,000 a year to live, wow, that's a lot more manageable than trying to make millions of dollars as an arbitrary goal that I just think that I need. Um, And I think for a lot of people, whether in the Wandering Gamefully community or not, like, people are starting to resonate with that a lot more. And I'm really happy that we're in that tribe of people who are doing that or in that group of people who are doing that. Um, I don't want to culturally appropriate and use tribe. Sorry, I apologize. Uh, Group of people who actually like believe in those things. And I think that just understanding that and and kind of coming to that is a really big movement that we're seeing now. And, And I think that that's super important for people to really grab onto. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I even see that with people... And uh, people with their health goals and implementing some healthy habits into their life, like a lot of people fail to recognize a, the health that they already have and mm-hmm. the things that they're already doing that bring them joy. Cause they think like, Oh, I need to practice yoga for an hour a day. And I need to eat this way a hundred percent of the time and da, da, da. And they don't realize that their morning routine where they wake up and just read a book and sip some tea is actually really, really valuable. So it's like a balance of of getting clear on what really matters, where you want to go. Do you want to actually feel healthy in your body or do you need to be a certain number, right? Yeah, <laughs> um, for sure. And um, and what is already happening in your life that you can celebrate? And I think you and Caroline are really good at at celebrating those big wins and small wins and keeping that in the forefront as you still continue to grow. And I think that's a tricky thing of finding the balance between the two of pushing yourself, but then also really being living in this enough world that you guys are striving for. I think perspective is also so important, especially for health stuff. Like you said, like, you know, Caroline's mom just went through breast cancer earlier this year. Mm -hmm. And I think it was just a lot of things for us to realize like, uh oh, like number one, there's mortality to our parents, which we haven't really, like I've dealt with a little bit with my mom as well, but it hasn't been as, as kind of like close as it was with, with Caroline's stuff now, because we're also now adults. We're in our thirties and like, we can kind of see like, okay, like, you know, things are gonna start happening to us. Um, But it also is an interesting exercise in going, oh, well, what habits do, do those people have or do people have who are getting sick? And are those things I should break in myself so that I just give myself the best chance to continue to be healthy as much as possible? And, and I think for health stuff specifically, again, like getting back to like the societal pressures, like, oh my God, we live in a society that's just like, for guys, it's like six pack abs and being super muscular. And for women, I actually think it's actually kind of nice that it's at least shifted for women from like super skinny models to like, I think fit women has become like a really nice transition. But even then it's like, okay, well now you need to be like super fitness, like all these things. And 
for what, you know, so you can like get more likes on Instagram. Like, how about just how do you feel? How, how about like, what makes you feel good? And, and I, I know for me, like, I love going to the gym, but I love going to the gym because it's like, it's my physical, like removal of stress in my life. And I can just go in there and I can like be in my zone. And I'm just listening to music. And I'm by myself. And I'm just kind of releasing stress out into the world. And I can feel it happen. And it feels really good. And, you know, not too long ago, I can remember going, well, I only did that to look good. I didn't do it to feel good. And now it's like the you know, the look benefit that you may get like a little bit, cause I don't eat well enough for the look benefit to happen. Uh, is that like, that doesn't matter as much anymore. And I think that just comes with age, but I think it also is, again, like it's a perspective thing of just knowing like, I just want to feel better every day. I want to do the things that I can do to invest in my long term, health wise, business wise, partner wise, friendship wise, any of those things. And I need to make those changes now and appreciate what I have now and not feel like I have to do it all or have it all or be it all uh, for what other people are trying to be. Yeah. And you guys have a couple of really good podcasts out on health. One about mental health, which was really good. Another one about physical health. I don't know what you guys called that one. I think it was fitness, something like that. Yeah. I can't remember either. Sounds good. (laughs) You'll know it when you see it. Yeah. (laughs) And I'll link to them in the show notes. Um, But yeah, those were those are really good ones. And, and you get Caroline's perspective as well on those, which is very relatable as a female to her. <laughs> yeah. And I think the mental health thing is definitely something that she wins the award for in our family of, of being so much more in tune mentally, uh, you know, than I have been. And, and that's been a big change in me over the years is getting a little bit more in tune with that stuff and not just bottling up when something makes me feel a certain way and then just like powering through that. But instead just, you know, sometimes we joke, Caroline's like, all right, we've taken you like too far into the emotional. Like I didn't sign up for this. I signed up for the, like, (laughs) you're just going to practically get through everything. And I'm like, Hey, you made this monster. All right. Like I'm having the feeling. So you deal with it. All right. You did this. Um, But I do. Yeah. And I I do. It, it, It is just one of those things too, where you realize like, I mean, you can be as physically healthy as you want, but if you're mentally not healthy, none of the physical stuff is going to matter really at all because the mental controls so much of it. And I'm just such a believer in like your mental state is so important to your physical state and to how we deal with things. Um, And I know that that's like a completely subjective thing, but in my little bubble that I live in, that helps me to like get through the days and to get through the things. And so I think, you know, having those conversations about mental health, being open about it. And I think there's just so much, and you know this, I'm sure so much more than we do even, but it's just like people giving therapy a negative connotation is like the biggest joke in the world to me. Like, I can't even imagine someone who's like therapy. Are you kidding? Now that's coming from someone who's never been to therapy, but it's because I live with a full-time therapist who's just like (laughs) so in tune with both of us that it it works out. Um, But I do think, yeah, it is, it's just, it's nice that those conversations are, I think, becoming more honest and open, lots of different perspectives, not just expert perspectives, because that can feel a little bit like you you don't relate to those people. Uh, But normal people like us having those conversations, you know, we've just seen it, like you said, like people enjoy those, uh, those conversations, those talks. Well, and even if you haven't gone to therapy, you can still be an advocate for it, for the people that need it. And I feel like if you ever really needed to go, you would like, if it was a for sure. whole, um, yeah. so it's, it's one of those things of just normalizing the conversation, whether you deal with depression or not, or, you know, whatever's going on, it's just like, yeah, we're all, 
this is just a normal thing to do. So I think it's a, and I have a, I have a two part, uh, pod like podcast episode about mental health and my own journey with it. And one of it is for the people that don't deal with it. And how do you support them and hold space for that process, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it is, takes a village, man. (laughs) We all need to be okay with it and, and supporting the people in our lives to do what they need to do. Um, so, but you are, you are lucky to have Caroline. She's the bomb. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Life is just messy, right? Like, I just think that's another thing that we all want life to be figure outable and we want Mm -hmm. like these solutions and these clear lit paths and these straight lines to the answers. And it just doesn't exist. And Mm -hmm. I think, I think that's why like older people are so wise because Mm -hmm. it's just like, they've lived an entire life and they just realize like, Hey, we're just here. And this is like, it's going to be what it's going to be. And we're all going to run into these different circumstances. And as long as you acknowledge the fact that it's not going to be a straight line to like any part of this, it becomes much easier to deal with. Now, that being said, there are a lot of old people who are super angry and grumpy at the world. I think I'm going to be one of those because I can already feel some of those tendencies. Uh, But it's mostly just with like people who are on their phones in line that aren't paying attention. the old Jason. Yeah, that's that's, that's where I'm shaking my cane at people in line. They're like, hey, man, why do you have a cane? You're like in perfect health. I'm like, it's just so you can get off your phone. That's all. But by, by then there won't be phones. They'll be like, you know, whatever. People just be looking forward and blinking. Yeah. Constantly. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like snap them out of it. Yeah. No, but I do think, I, yeah, I, I think it's just one of those things too, where it becomes so much easier to deal with any of this stuff, any difficulties, any down moments, any tough things when you just realize like, again, like goes back to like, this is not the rest of my life. I'm not going to be stuck in this moment forever. And, and that, that for me, I think is just, I'm very short-sighted at a lot of that stuff in a good way where I can just go, okay, like this sucks now. And yeah, it hurts, but this is not the forever. And I've seen this before. I've been through this before. I know somebody who's been through something like this. I'm going to be able to get through it just fine. And as we move into this week of gratitude and giving mm-hmm. thanks. Do you feel like that has played a role in in your process? Like in in working through these hard times? Yeah, I th- you know, there's something to be said for again like going back to perspective where you realize how much more difficult other people have it than you, how many more opportunities you have than other people and you know, for us, specifically for Caroline, like she has done such a good job of, I think, bringing gratitude into our lives. But I think I've also, I've had this really weird mantra since high school, where I had a friend who, um, I was never, never religious, she was very religious, but and I don't think that actually has anything to do with her, her point. But for some reason, I feel like I have to say that every time. But anyway, (laughs) uh, maybe that's just because I discredited everything else she said. No, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm not gonna go there. Uh, She basically said to me, like, something would go wrong. And she was like, well, at least you still have your two arms. And I, you know, like, it was a joke. But it's also, if you really think about it, like, there are just a lot of simple opportunities that we do have on a day-to-day basis and on a minute-to-minute basis that we should be grateful for. And so Caroline and I have kind of like, that's been a running joke as I've told her about that over the years. Like we will say some of those things and be grateful for, you know, even this super simple moment here with Wandering Ainfly where our revenue has gone down a little bit and like, again, like epic first world problems. It's like, yeah, but you know what, on the whole, like the rest of our lives are really good. And we need to just take a moment to be thankful for that and where we live and what we get to do and the all these other opportunities we have. And that does make it easier to go, okay, now again, like 
that switches that into that practical of like, let's solve this problem and let's figure this out. Um, Easier said than done with those of us who have more advantages, but I do think that perspective is really helpful in kind of working through some of this stuff. Yeah, I found that gratitude is just, or finding something simple like that is just a great way to flip the script going on in our heads. And even if it doesn't happen immediately, it it gives our brains something else to do than just like mull over Mm-hmm. what we're feeling and so it's like building a muscle like sometimes I'll say a gratitude statement and I'm like okay that was nice now shut up I'm gonna keep being fucked <laughs> up pissed you know but then yeah. like I keep at it and I'm like okay fine okay fine and then you know it really does it really does become a practice over time so yeah well and if anybody wants to steal that just from now on like when anything goes wrong just be like do i still have two arms or two legs yep i do okay yep i'm doing all right you know like there's a lot of other things that could go wrong but mm-hmm. life could be a lot harder well yeah and make sure you're choosing things that you do have too true. <laughs> yeah true yeah yeah because you I could always, be like yeah i live I, in a cardboard box but like at least i have this cardboard box yeah you know? <laughs> it's true <laughs> i i always tell my students like my yoga students um you have to walk up. It's not a bad flight of stairs, but it's a flight of stairs. And, um, and when people are feeling bad about not being able to do certain things, I'm like, did you come up these stairs? Yes. Like so many people cannot even come upstairs. Um, and it is, it's just like, so, so just be grateful. Like notice that, that health, like we said, like that health you already have. So very cool. Well, so people can find your podcast, Wandering Aimfully, which is delightful. You also have a new book coming out. I do. Liter- as of recording this, we just changed the name of the book. So it was, yeah, for, for the two years that this book has been in process, because books take forever when you go the traditional route, as opposed to self-publishing, where I could literally do it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, not throwing any shade or anything. It, just takes- <laughs> uh, it was going to be Do It Differently. And it's kind of just like a mix of my journey and the lessons that I've learned um, and that we've learned with Caroline as well in there because so much of what we do is now together. But the editor that I'm working with kind of brought this new idea to it, kind of this new phrase that I definitely think is it's it's different for sure than what we had before. And I think if you're looking at the book on shelves, it will stand out more than what I had before. So um, I'm not at liberty to share that because traditional publishing. So woo, cliffhanger. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that I don't even know when it's coming out. I think it's end of 2019 with how schedules go with those things. Uh, but I'm I'm excited because I'm pretty much wrapped on the book completely, which is really nice because it has been a lot longer of a journey that I'm used to with things. Um, but I am excited for it. I, I finished reading through it this weekend for like the final read through, and I'm proud of it as opposed to my first book. I was super embarrassed by. Um, but it was just one of those things that like, I just wanted to get that first book out of me and into the world. And knowing that I was going to write more books in the future, it was okay that that first one wasn't great. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm excited to find out what that is. Because actually, the phrase do it differently has become like a mantra of mine, as I've nice. been trying to like make decisions and trusting my own intuition. It's just like, you know what? No doing it differently and that's okay yeah. and that's actually probably better so um yeah. so i'm the, i'm glad that that phrase has become in my in my brain but it yeah for cool sure i think you'll like the next one i think the next okay. one too is 
it's just, it's interesting. Like, I think it'll be more memorable for people. And I think they'll also, just like you do that, it'll become like this little mantra for you that you say, um, and it's really snappy and easy to remember. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it'll be fun. Cool. Well, I'll link to all these things we mentioned in the show notes. And if you are an entrepreneur, I strongly suggest checking these guys out because it has been a game changer. It's been so, so helpful. Um, yeah. Anything else you want the world to know? I don't think so. I think you've done a good job. We did our, our commercial for Wandering Aimfully. I can check <laughs> that off the list. <laughs> uh, no, good, good conversation and just happy to chat with you. Cool. Thanks, Jason. I told you Jason was great and he's got a lot more to offer. And honestly, do check out the Wandering Aimfully a show podcast. It is full of life wisdom. And if you are an entrepreneur of any kind, it, it is a great tool for that as well. And I'd love to hear what you think of today's episode. You can do so by leaving a review wherever you listen. That'd be awesome. Um, but you can also join me in the conversation over at the Simple Self-Care Circle. It's my free Facebook community dedicated to all things simple self-care. Or you can check me out on the Instagrams at naturallyrandyk. That's naturally, R-A-N-D-I-K-A-Y. And that's been a really great place for conversation lately. I love communicating with you guys in the comments on various things about life. So feel free to head over there. And a fun thing that's been going on lately is that people have been taking a screenshot or selfie of themselves listening to the podcast and posting it on their Instagram stories along with their thoughts or what they're learning. So feel free to do that and I'd love to repost it and feature you. I've also got a free guide going on over at my website right now that people are really enjoying. Um, it's backed by popular demand. It's my happy desk guide, a simple five-step guide to creating a healthier and more productive way to work. It's perfect for you desk-bound hustlers out there with some body pain that's given you grief. I've taken all of my years, over 10 years of helping my desk burger clients with chronic pain, and I put together my five best habits of keeping your body healthy while working. Head over to my website, naturallyrandyk.com and get that right on the homepage. All right. Happy Thanksgiving week, my friends. I am thankful for you and that you have joined me here on the airwaves. And remember that no matter if you celebrate Thanksgiving or not, if you like this time of year or not, there is so much to be thankful for. And this week is a great week to take some time to focus on what you have, resist the Black Friday temptations, perhaps, and lose yourself in gratitude and mashed potatoes. That's what I'm all about. <laughs> all right. Tune in next week as the self-care conversation continues. And until then, take good care and enjoy the journey. All right. That's a wrap. It's a wrap. Now I got to go rub somebody's body. So. Nice. <laughs>